Thank you for joining us for the Thought in Action podcast. I'm your host, Eric Flegel, and this is where we talk about what's going on in the world of wealth and what you can do about it. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we're joined by Ben Jacobson, principal at IDX. The thought for the day is how to intelligently invest in Bitcoin. This isn't Cryptocurrency 101, so if you'd like a primer on crypto, contact me directly. The action for the day is deciding whether this is a good addition to your current portfolio and the right amount. Hey, Ben, thank you so much for taking the time to join today. Uh, Let's get started. Just give me a broad overview of how we can invest in Bitcoin today. Sure. And thanks for having me, Eric. And hi, everybody out there. Um, There are really three main ways to invest in Bitcoin at this stage. So, as it stands today, and you know, keep in mind, this is an ever-changing landscape, there are really three main ways that you can invest in, in digital currencies. The first is direct. You may have heard of uh, digital currency exchanges or wallets like a Coinbase. Um, this is a way for you to be able to go in and actually hold the digital currency itself. Uh, pros to this are that you're holding the actual digital currency. Some of the cons are that it's not a very easy process to get set up onto a wallet. Um, and if you do take your, your Bitcoin off of the exchange and onto a wallet and you lose your private key, you could lose, lose those Bitcoin. Um, but more importantly, this is, this is long only exposure, meaning that you profit if it goes up um, and only if it goes up. There's no true downside protection, meaning there's no really any risk management in place. And, and these are very volatile asset classes. So very often it's something that's important for investors. Uh, so that's the direct route, going in onto an exchange and, and actually person, purchasing the digital currency. Uh, now, they also have what are called trusts. Now, these look and feel like an ETF, and I won't bore you with the, the mechanics of how they work. But the point is, is that these ticker symbols, if you will, are something that you can buy on Charles Schwab or TD Ameritrade or any of these other major, major uh, exchanges here. Um, those, just like direct investing in Bitcoin, are long only in the sense that um, you're in and you're only making money if it goes up. If it goes down, then you're going down along with it. The third option are, are hedge funds. And I'm sure many of you have, have heard of hedge funds in the past. Um, now, hedge funds can go in there and, and actively trade it as well. Uh, the drawbacks of that format are, generally speaking, they're pretty black box. You don't really know what they're doing. They like to have their secret sauce, so there's not a lot of transparency there. The other side of it is that uh, the fees can can get pretty extensive. Very often, they'll charge what's called a 2 and 20, uh, 2% of assets under management, and then 20% of profits, meaning you know they make you $100,000, they're going to keep 20000 of it for themselves. Um, those are really the three main ways that, that you can invest in Bitcoin these days. What we do here at IDX is is we take a risk-managed approach, primarily using way number two. We use those trusts and we actively manage that exposure, get you in when it makes sense, uh, and of course, get you out and protect the downside when it doesn't. And and with hedge funds too, isn't there a pretty significant lockup period with those as well? That's a great point, Eric. It's going to depend on the hedge fund. Very often they'll have different rules, but almost all of them do have these lockup periods. And, you know, it's not uncommon to see those, um, you know, be six months or a year. And even when you do go to, to make your request to withdraw from these hedge funds, 
very often they'll have um, you know language in place with some of the contracts that they can give you maybe 5% of your money back at a time or 10% of your money back at a time. We also saw in 2008, uh, where the financial crisis was going on, a lot of these hedge funds just gated it and said, no, we're not doing any redemptions right now. We'll go out of business if we do. So those are all risks with, with that format there. Right, right. And, and so given this baseline, and that's a good one. So thank you for that. Um, when you set out to create the coin strategy, what were the parameters that you chose? You know, what, what were the people asking for um, that you created this strategy for? Sure. Um, you know, I'm going to start off with just a, a quick story here. Um, and here's a little bit of a, of a spoiler alert to what that looks like versus long only exposure. Um, the story kind of goes like this. Our, our chief investment officer, Ben McMillan, he's a brilliant, brilliant statistician, brilliant mathematician, uh, very much a, a big data guy. You know, back in 2011, 2012, where Bitcoin was really starting to take off, he actually started his own mining operation. Um, but at the same time, because he's a, a finance wizard, you know, he was creating a trading philosophy around it as well, really looking to, to reduce the downside. Well, it didn't take him long to realize that as he was trading this model for, for his own account, um, that he could make more money actually trading this strategy than, than mining Bitcoin. Um, so as we went to take it out to the institutional landscape, primarily what we do here at IDX is work with big institutions, endowments, foundations, uh, groups like that. But when we went to took it out, take it out to, to that audience, our, our current clientele base, you need to understand that these are already massively wealthy organizations. Their, their goals aren't necessarily, hey, let's go make as much money as we can. It's really more so let's make sure we stay rich. Let's 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 go out there and invest and of course try to try to create some return. But what's even more important for groups like that is protecting the downside, lowering the the volatility such that it's not as risky an investment for them. They don't need to be swinging for the fences. They they've already got plenty of money there. So that was really our our parameters, Eric. Is can we build some sort of exposure to digital assets and Bitcoin in particular? that is not going to succumb to to all the downsides. And we have seen Bitcoin have tremendous drawdowns, and maybe we can touch down touch on a little bit later. Um, but those drawdowns can incredibly impact your ability to, to compound wealth over time. Okay. So I know when I spoke to you a while back, you used that moniker, hey, let's spend more time compounding and less time catching up. Um, and I like that. And I, and I really liked what I heard because I like the idea of spending you know, a lot of focus on downside, you know, risk mitigation. And that all sounds great. Um, but take me through how this strategy actually has performed, you know, historically, because I know is when people say, you know, where the rubber meets the road, where the oil meets the squeak, you know, how do you really do? Option number one is our tactical approach. Uh, number two, remember when I was talking about the different ways to invest, that would be if you invested directly. So you opened up a Coinbase wallet or, or any other exchange and, and took a position there. Um, and then that third option is that trust. That grayscale Bitcoin trust is actually what we trade in and out of to get our exposure. And this is only for last year, and I can show you a slide with, uh, with further back history here in a moment. But just to make this point here, the days long there at the bottom, that tells you the days that were actually invested. So by being invested 146 days or 40% of the year, we were able to keep up on that return with long only exposure as if you would have been just in Bitcoin or just in the trust. 
So that's kind of the idea of, of winning by not losing. Let's spend less time in the market, but let's make sure that when we are in the market, we're there at the right times. And if we can avoid that other half or that other 60% of the time where there's not compensated risk with Bitcoin, um, then we're going to do a lot better for our clients over time. Remember, we're, we're managing risk here, so we won't always keep up with uh, Bitcoin or the Grayscale Trust. However, by removing those drawdowns and you know keeping your ability to compound as opposed to catch back up after a big loss, you can you can make more money over time. So what you're seeing here is uh, the the blue line is going to be our our approach. The green line there is going to be the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Once again, a, a long only approach. And as you can see, um, you know when you manage the risk, you end up winning over time. Now, I will say that this, this chart here, um, much of it is backtested. We actually started managing money within this strategy in about this point here, June of, of 2019. Um, so the model was working well prior to that, but it actually has worked better out of sample or with live client dollars since that, since that June, 20, uh, June of, 20, or of 2019, excuse me, uh, start date there. Right. Well, that's awesome. And I do think that for comparative purposes, I'd like to just, can you give us an overview of how volatile Bitcoin has been on the downside? Like when you're talking about maintaining wealth, and that's a key point, like how far down does Bitcoin go, you know, when it goes down? You know, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and the answer is a lot. Um, and that's why we take you know, such care to have this approach. If you have a loss, right? If you're, if you're down 50%, what is, what is it? the return that you're going to need just to get back to where you were. So for example, you have $100, you lose 50%, you've got 50. Well, you need 100% return. You need another 50 bucks just to get to back to where you were. Um, Bitcoin has these drawdowns all the time. Uh, Bitcoin last year, 2020, was a fantastic year. You heard a lot about it on the news. It was up 300%. But most people don't realize that from the middle of, uh, the middle of February to the middle of April, there was a almost 50% drought. I think it ended up being about 45% or so. Um, and that was last year in a great year. If you look at 2018, Bitcoin was down over 80%, meaning that you would have needed you know, a four or 500% return just to get back to where you were. The reason why we did better than uh, long only exposure last year is because we avoided these drawdowns and we got out of the way when Bitcoin went down. So we didn't necessarily have to catch up as much and we could spend more time compounding those dollars. Did, did I answer your question there, Eric? Yeah, and I think that's really good. So you have this risk managed approach that's cutting the downside. And obviously you're not gonna tell me your algorithm or your secret sauce, but there is a secret sauce. And the bottom line is that your strategy is accessible. Uh, you're not a hedge fund. You don't have a million dollar minimum. You don't have these lockup periods. Um, you've, you've created this strategy that can work with an everyday portfolio and is accessible by a retail investor. Absolutely. And, it, you know, it's still a new space. Uh, there's not a lot of great options out there for investors to be able to, to jump into this asset class. The beauty behind what we do here, and I don't mean to, to toot my own horn too much, is that what we do is you know, not only applicable for, for a, a wider range of investors because of that risk mitigation, um, but also the, the ease of use factor, right? Eric, you can go in, open up an account, um, and, and be trading something like this in a couple of days. Um, and 
It does not require accredited investors. It does not have million dollar minimums. In fact, I think our minimums are maybe five or $10,000. So it's something that you can own in a retirement account in, in a Roth or uh, an IRA. And at the end of the day, we're, we're just trying to give the people uh, the best risk managed exposure they can, they can get in the, in the easiest way possible. Give the people what they want, Ben. You can't go wrong when you do that. You can't go wrong when you do that. So let me ask you one last question because I think it's important for rounding out you know, the, the entire conversation. You've talked a lot about crypto, a lot about Bitcoin. And you know, if you were to add this to a diversified portfolio, because you always hear about you know, really making sure you're diversified, stocks, bonds, and such. Um, if you were to add this to a portfolio, how does it help the portfolio perform? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, the the first thing that will probably jump out to most of your viewers is, oh my gosh, look at that return. That return is going to help us, um, and they're not wrong. Uh, you know, the the return is very much a, a positive thing, but it's actually more than that. There's not a lot of what's called correlation to this index and the rest of your portfolio, meaning that. It tends to it tends to do its own thing and not necessarily move up and down with stocks or with bonds um, the way that uh, other asset classes will. So, really, what I'm trying to say here is that there's a lack of correlation with this. There will be times, um, you know, kind of fourth quarter was a great example for last year. Uh, stocks really kind of slowed down at the end of the year with the election, and um, this was something that was popping and, and popping pretty good. So that's what I mean when I say uncorrelated is that you can have other pieces in your portfolio not doing as well, and this can do this can do well during those times. So it really helps balance the whole portfolio. Now, I will say that that can cut both both ways. There will be times where your stocks and your bonds are up, and and this strategy is down. That's okay. Um, you know, it's important to have different pieces in the portfolio zigging while others zag. You know, this is the whole adage of you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Well, I have thirty seconds to wrap this up, and I'll just finish by giving my own personal experience. Uh, full disclosure: we do use this strategy in our portfolios, and it has helped with our total return. Um, but all that said, this is not a solicitation for investments. Like I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't buy this. That'd be a question that you should definitely have with your professional advisor. Uh, but our experience has been one that has been um, very positive for our portfolios. And it's been a nice addition to uh, what we do because they do take a very nice risk managed approach. So with that said, um, you know, I want to just thank you, Ben, for being on our show. You guys do a great job. Keep up the good work. Thank you for taking the time today and uh, look forward to talking to you soon.